us in, in just a moment a message in our big series. Uh, 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 just such a great message in the first service, so appropriate for what's going on in this weekend. And uh, But before that happens, we're going to have an item from a good friend of mine, Robin Redfern. He goes anywhere there is a free food. And so we're taking him out for lunch afterwards. Uh, but this man is incredibly talented uh, and he's going to bless us this morning with a song. So enjoy. Be blessed. Wow, kia ora, good morning. It's such a privilege to be with you all once again. It's been a while, and uh, you know, in this time, we what are the words to say? What are the songs to sing? And I guess it makes me reflect on what I believe in, and I think, you know, we need to take stock on what we hold true and what we believe in as a community, as a family. And so let this song just really minister to you and bless you today. Let's worship. Oh, 
Isn't that awesome? Thanks very much, Rob. Give me a clap. That's great. Fantastic. Rob is, Rob is my favourite singer. Sorry, Sarah, but uh, Rob is uh, my favourite. I booked him in for my funeral, and uh, I, don't want him, I don't want him to get famous, otherwise the rate will go up. Hey, uh, <laughs> uh, fantastic, Rob. That's just awesome. Okay, just wanted, we're doing our series on faith, and I just want to share a little bit on uh, just about faith and discouragement. And I guess, you know, what's been happening over the last few uh, days can really attack our faith and make us question uh, just our own beliefs and our belief in God and why stuff happens. You know, the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Jesus said, according to our faith, that will be done unto us. In other words, we get to choose how much uh, God works and blesses and, uh, in, in our lives. And so the enemy will do all that he can uh, to rob us of our faith. He may attack your health, but he's after your faith. He may attack your finances, but he's after your faith. He may attack your job, but let's face it, uh, you probably don't even want your job, let alone the devil wants your job. You know, he doesn't need your job. He doesn't need your car. He doesn't need your house. He doesn't need your children. What he needs is your faith. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. And that means that you don't need faith if you're not hoping for anything. If you don't have any dreams, if you don't have any things that you're really chasing after, you don't need faith. But if you've, got, if you've got some goals that you're after, if you've got some dreams that you're pursuing, then faith is the bridge to help you to reach your goals and your dreams. In fact, the Bible says that if you have faith, even the size of a grain of mustard seed, you can say uh, to this mountain to be moved and it will move. There are some mountains in your life that will not be moved unless you have faith. And so if you lose your faith or if you, you, know, you get discouraged, then what happens is that you lose your hopes and you lose your dreams. And this is what the enemy is after uh, in your life. You know, I know for some, you know, you, you are going through some difficult stuff at the moment. Uh, maybe last year was an incredibly difficult uh, year for you. You know, sometimes life seems so chaotic that it just seems to be unfair. You, you, you begin to wonder where is God and all of this trouble that, that is happening. There are calamities and, and tragedies. There, there, are, there are triumphs. There are tragedies. It happens to us all. And I do say it happens to us all. You, you may think that what you're going through is, is unique to you, uh, you know, but you need to realize that, that it may, even though it may appear that others may go through and, and, and nothing seems to happen to them, the Bible says that it rains on, on the just and the unjust. It says, even though that they that live godly lives will suffer persecution. There, there are seasons in life that, if truth were told, that it just take us to the absolute limit. And uh, we just want to throw up our hands and just walk away from our faith. Discouragement can creep in secretly can hide behind clothes, a hairdo, makeup, discouragement so, so bold that it will hide behind a smile. It will ride to work with you in the morning. If it doesn't ride work with you, to you in the, with you in the morning, it will catch a ride with you on the way home. Discouragement will go into a tent, go into a large apartment. It will go into a simple, uh, simple home struggling on uh, very little. It will go into a luxury home in a fancy neighborhood. Discouragement will just walk right into your house. It will sit down at the dining table and have a cup of coffee with you. 
to go into a mansion and sit at the side of the pool and tell you that life is just not worth living. I heard a story recently about this uh, young boy and uh, he wanted to wash his cat and so he went down to the grocery store and he asked the lady in the grocery store for some laundry powder and uh, the lady said, oh, that's very nice. You're going to help your mum with the washing. And he said, no, I'm washing my cat. And uh, she said, well, washing powder is not really good for your cat. You know, you, it's not really the right thing. And, but the boy wouldn't listen. He insisted, so she sold him the washing powder. A few days later, he came into the shop, and, and she said to him, how's your cat? And he put his head down and shook. He said, no, nah, my cat died. And she said, well, was it the washing powder that killed your cat? He said, no, nah, I don't think it was the washing powder that killed my cat. I think it was the spin cycle. See, we get bombarded with problems. Stress comes to us in waves. Life can feel like we're in a spin cycle. You know, the spin cycle killed the cat, and the spin cycle can kill people also. The spin cycle can kill us quickly like a heart attack. Or the spin cycle will kill us slowly by just slowly sucking life out of us so that we come like a a joyless, defeated zombie. I want to share with you my favorite psalm today, Psalm 37. It's a great psalm. Uh, It provides us some God-given wisdom, a way of enjoying God and enjoying life, experiencing the peace that passes beyond all understanding, even though we might be going through the spin cycle. So let's just share from that today. And how do we overcome discouragement? First thing I want to say is that we need to focus afresh on the Lord. Focus afresh on the Lord. Psalm 37, verse 1 and 2, David's right, and he says these words. He says, Do not fret because of those who are evil, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green green plants, they will soon die away. You know, you find it like really discouraging as a Christian. Not only the stuff that we are facing, that we are going through, but seeing the wicked go forward as if nothing is wrong, and it's almost like the righteous are being held back. You know, sometimes people seem to uh, succeed and then they don't, like, pray hard. Uh, They don't seem to work very hard. Uh, They're not being faithful at all. They have these moments of victory in their life, and it's kind of like they're flaunted right in front of our face. It's just like there before us. We can't help but see us, and, and, and we look at others, and they just sail through life they don't seem to acknowledge god uh, they seem to have plenty of money uh, their children are perfect their health is perfect is great they've got this perfect little world and and yet life seems so unfair like i'm struggling with my money i'm struggling with my health i'm struggling with my kids i'm depressed and, and, and if you're not careful, the very side of their prosperity becomes your agony. Seeing them go forward and you just seem to be going backward, it will be like a, a, a source of continued frustration and it challenges your faith. You say, where is God? Where is the justice in all of this? See, have you noticed like when you're trying to please God, when you're trying to do the right thing, that often that's when things go wrong? I can remember like when we first... Uh, we felt God calling us to go to Bible school and then, and so we make the decision to go to Bible school and then my wife's mother gets sick and then we're only down there a couple of months and then my father died and then we felt God was calling us to go and live overseas. We lived up in Vanuatu for a little while and, and uh, we were only up there a couple of months and then my wife's father, he died and uh, then 
I had, my, I had a little business and, and uh, my biggest customer went bankrupt. And I think, God, you know, how come? You know, I had to wind up the business, close it down, and I think, God, I, I paid my tithes. You know, I try and do the right thing with my finances. And, you know, how come, you know, why, why did this happen to me? And God says, don't make a permanent decision on a temporary circumstance. He says, don't let a moment of agony let you decide about life prematurely. Just because, just keep walking on with God. God has a way of making everything right. He says there, do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. And then in verse 7, he says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It, only, it leads only to evil. And those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found, but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. You know, the Bible is very selective in its words. When you think about it, the Bible is not a very big book. When you think about the span of history that it covers and all of God's dealings with, with man, it, it's not a very big book. And so when you find that a phrase is repeated over and over, God is trying to say something to us. He's saying, hey, there's a problem that I need to address with you. The phrase that he repeats, repeats over and over here, you probably noticed is, do not fret. He's saying, do not fret. You know, your view of life may not be correct. Do not fret. Don't focus on them. Focus afresh on God. Second thing I want to say is that God has steps that we must take. <clears throat> God's got steps that we must take. Verse 23, 24, it says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, we will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. You know, it's good to know that God has got some steps for us to take and that he will hold us steady. He says we won't fall. He's going to hold us steady. We're not just going through life aimlessly. You know, we've got some steps and, and God's guiding us. He's helping us to take those steps in case we stumble. The word says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I remember when I had my uh, hip replacement and I, I had the operation and, and then the next day the nurse took me to some steps. And uh, so it was worse than this. Like these are, these are steps like from one floor to the next floor. So she says, now I want you to walk up the steps. My vision was to be able to walk pain-free. But to get there, I had to walk up some very painful steps. I thought she was being mean to me. She said, this is the surgeon's favorite operation. She said they get to use their tools. So they, they got their knife and they cut me open. Then they got their saw out and pulled the bone out and, and sawed the top off my bone. And uh, then they got the hammer out and they had a bit of steel, new steel thing. They hammered down the middle of the bone. Then they got their screw gun out and they screwed another piece into the side of my hip and put it together and then stitched it all up again. And then the next day she says, I want you to walk up the steps. You know those nurses, you know, like they have these big needles? And they say, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. Like, yeah, right, you know. 
I used to be able to jump up the steps two at a time. But now it was a painful process. And the nurse was there to hold me in case I stumbled. I had to walk up steps so that I could fulfill my vision to walk pain-free. Don't you feel like this sometimes when God asks you to do something? Say, God, don't you know? I've been cut, I've been hammered, I've been bruised, I've been sore, and, you know, God, you're asking me to do this, and, 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 you know, don't you know what I've been through? Don't you know all the stuff that's gone on in my life? How could you be asking me to do that? You know, in fact, sometimes like we can be really tormented by vision uh, because it's a painful thing to be a visionary because a, a visionary can look and, and, and see what can be, and yet, yet you wake up with what is. See, I'm torn between what shall be and I'm torn and what is, and, and it creates agony in my life. And the, the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. David must have felt like this when, remember David, and, and he's out looking after the sheep. He's happy as anything, you know, he's killing lions and bears, and he's, he's happy. And then Samuel turns up and anoints him to be the king. But what happens? He gets sent back to look after the sheep. I'm sure that he's sitting out there and thinking, God, why did you show me that? Why did you do that? I used to be happy looking after sheep. But now you've shown me something greater. Now you've given me a vision of something greater. And, 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 and now I can no longer be satisfied with, with looking after sheep. See, I want to hasten the process to get to my destiny. I'm not happy doing what, what, what I used to be doing because I am tormented now by what shall be. And, and, and so, you know, but I need to realize that, you know, I want to hasten the process to the expected end, but it can't be done because a blessing given too soon is not a blessing at all. My boys, are, they're in their 40s now. I can give them the car keys and, you know, they go and take the car and go up the shops and, you know, I'm not worried about them or anything like that. I know that they can do that. But when they were five years old, same shops, same road, same car. Well, not the same car, but <laughs> yeah, hope not the same car. And, uh, you know, a blessing given too soon is not a blessing at all. You know, the road can handle it, the car can handle it, but they can't handle it. See, sometimes my goodness as a father is proven by, ability, by my ability to say, not yet. We see that with the youngest son don't we with the prodigal son and, and and he wanted his inheritance and so he asked the father to give him the inheritance and his father gave it to him the inheritance was something if he was more mature would have caused him to bless the, to praise the father but given too soon it drove him away from the father and destroyed his life see god knows when to bless us he knows how to bless us he knows when we're ready to be blessed I just need to pray, God, teach me patience in the process. God has ordered my steps. Then the third thing I want to say is that trust God with the outcome. Trust God with the outcome. Verse 24, Psalmist says, I was young and now I'm old. And yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. See, sometimes according to our limited vision that the unbeliever is doing better than what we're doing, but our vision is just on temporal things, just on things that we can see. Um, God has a bigger picture. 
and he will keep us through the journey. God will look after me. He will provide for me. I won't go hungry. Sure, I may not have as much as what my neighbor has, but God has promised that he will supply all of my need according to his riches and glory, not all of my want, but all of my needs. God will look after me. And so the thing that I can be thankful for is to know God has ordered my steps. It helps me to understand that I'm not just walking aimlessly through life. I'm not just moving on my own. There's a course for me to take. I can't graduate until I've taken that course. There's a path for me to trod. God isn't making it up as I go along. I thought God was making it up as I went along. That's why, you know, I, when I'm going through something difficult, I'm praying, God, get me out of this. And God says, I put you in there. I thought he was making it up. As, as I went along, I'm praying, God, abort the process. God, speed up the process. God, get me out of this thing. I'm praying, you know, so that, you know, I'm praying that I won't have to endure some things that he wants me to endure. He says, I'm using this to work on you. You know that God is not preparing the blessing for us. He's preparing us for the blessing. Blessings already prepared. You know, the Bible says that eyes have not seen nor ears heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. You know that your blessing is already ready. It's already in place. God isn't fixing it up for you right now. It's already done. The work doesn't have to be applied to where you're going. It has to be applied to you so that when you get to where you're meant to be going, you're able to handle the things that God wants you to to handle the steps of a good man are ordered by the lord maybe even jesus had steps remember the script the situation in scripture where jesus was at the height of his popularity and the people crowded around him and they wanted to crown him and, and the bible says he slipped away through the crowd he, he's saying no you cannot crown me before you cross me he said because it is my cross that makes my crown see it is my sickness that makes my healing. It is my poverty that illuminates my prosperity. It makes me appreciate where I am right now. You, you don't notice good health and, 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 and until you've been sick. You, you, you won't thank God for feeling good until you felt really bad. I, I'm, I'm thankful for my hearing. I've got no hearing in my left ear and only about half in my right ear. I'm thankful for the hearing that I've got because I know what it's like to live with very little hearing. You know, I'm thankful when I wake up and my heart's beating because I've had open heart surgery. I know what it's like to not have my heart beat and be close to having problems, major problems with it. I, I'm thankful that I can now walk pain-free because I know what it's like to be having to walk with pain. I'm thankful for my health. Because I know what it's like to be waiting for results to come back to say whether it's cancer or not. See, you won't thank God for your, for your hearing. You won't thank God for your heart. You won't thank God for your sight. You won't thank God for a loved one and, until you're close to losing one of them. You just take it for granted. But when you've been through the fire, you thank God for all sorts of crazy things. I'm sure that there are people in this congregation right now that are thankful to God for things that you and I have no understanding of because we haven't been through the path that they have been through. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. When you've been through hell and back, you'll thank God for all sorts of little things. Andre Crouch wrote a song many years ago. 
And some of you older folk, you'll remember Andre Crouch. Mike didn't have a clue who he is, but he, he wrote the song called Through It All. If I could sing, I would sing it to you, but unfortunately, um, I was meant to get the gift that Rob got. Unfortunately, when God gave out the singing gifts, I was in the lure somewhere. I missed out on that, you know, but anyway. But the song goes something like this. It says, I thank God for the mountains, and I thank him for the valleys, and I thank him for the storms he's brought me through. If I never had a problem, I'd never know that God could solve it. I'd never know what faith in his word could do. Then it goes on and says, and that's the reason why through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. My trials only come to make me strong. See, I don't have to wait until I reach my vision to be thankful. I can thank him on the journey. You know, I may not have reached the destination, but I can thank him on the steps. You know, I, I may not be where, where God wants me to be, but I'm not where I used to be. You know, I thank you, God. I'm not, uh, you know, I haven't arrived yet, but I'm on the journey. I'm on the way. And I give you thanks for that. The Apostle Paul, he said that. He, said, he could write, he said, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting that which is behind and reaching for that which is before me, I press on towards the prize of the high calling of God. I press on over rejection. I press on over depression. I press on over fear. I press on uh, over sickness. I press on over loneliness. Uh, you know, every time the devil tries to put me down, I press on. You, you can measure the value of somebody by how they press on. Job says, I know stuff's not working out for me at the moment. In fact, I'm in real trouble. I'm in real trouble. But he says, I know, he says, I know the way. He, he, he said, I'm on the right track. He says, the Lord knows the way I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. In other words, what are you saying is, I'm hanging on to my faith. My favorite verse in the whole of Psalm 37 is verse 4. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give to you the desires of your heart. I kind of think with that verse is that, as we keep our focus on God, as we keep praising Him, stuff may not be going right. We may not see stuff happening as we think we should, but we delight ourselves in the Lord. We keep our focus on Him. What happens is that gradually our desires, the desires that He's got for us become our desires. So we delight ourselves in the Lord. He gives to us the desires of our heart, but really in reality, it's what He desires for us keeping our focus on him, becoming one with him. We're catching his heart, catching his mind, catching his vision of what he's got for our life. Amen. Let's just pray. Father, I just pray for each person here. Lord, I know some may be struggling with what's happened even over the last couple of days. Some may be struggling with some issues of life that they're going through at the present time. But Father, I just pray, O oh God, Lord, that you will keep our faith strong. Keep our faith in you. Keep our eyes upon you. Lord, not to look at things that are temporal, but, oh God, look to things that are eternal, knowing that in the end we win. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, why do we thank Luke for an amazing message? Thank you so much. How to keep walking through that discouragement. And I really believe that uh, today some people got your next step even as Luke was speaking there was something in you saying I've got to take this next step 
whether it's in your business, in your relationship, in your finances. And God honors us when we take that step. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to us. It's like we take a step and he's already there meeting us. So I want to encourage you, take that step. Maybe it is kind of putting yourself out there, joining a small group, doing our growth track, joining the dream team. Maybe it is in your business or your finances to take that next step, trusting God for the outcome. You know, there's some people here today too that your next step is actually your first step, your first step to God. You know, actually saying, you know what, if if I'm honest with myself, I don't have a relationship with God and I know I need one. The Bible tells us that man's got a problem. That problem is sin. Sin right from the very beginning when Adam and Eve chose to disobey God became a part of humanity's problem. We saw sin outworked this weekend with selfishness and pride and hatred. It's in our hearts, different shapes and forms. The Bible tells us that that sin separates us from God. But God had a solution. He had a plan. This plan was Jesus. Jesus who came and lived as a human being, experiencing every emotion and feeling that we would. And yet he lived a perfect life. And because he lived that perfect life, he became a perfect sacrifice. He became the one that could forgive our sins. Make us as though we'd never sinned. And in a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. And we're going to invite our whole church family to pray this prayer together. And maybe for the very first time, you're going to say, I'm going to give my life to God. I'm going to confess my sins. I'm going to turn from my old way of living. And I'm going to trust God with my life today. Maybe you've been away from God and God has just drawn you back in today. And today you're saying, I want to get my life right with God again. God wants to do that. He wants to hear that prayer from you today. So with every head bowed, eye closed, would you, would you pray this prayer? In your heart or out loud, we're all going to pray it together and believe it and, and just, just declare it. And the Bible tells us if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, if we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. You can receive that salvation gift today. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your great love for me. Thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Please forgive me for living life my own way. I choose to follow you and receive your gift of salvation. In Jesus' name. If you pray that prayer for the first time, maybe coming back to God with every eye closed and every head bowed, we've got a team that are just going to spot you as you put your hand up in the air. We're not going to embarrass you, but we want to meet with you and connect with you and help you take your next step in Him. So if that's you this morning, would you be brave enough to put your hand up and say, yeah, I prayed that prayer today. Is there anyone this morning for the very first time or maybe coming back to God? You've been away and God's drawn you home. Today is a new day for you. Anyone here this morning? Thank you, Lord. If you prayed that prayer, but maybe you didn't raise your hand, why don't you fill in a connect card? One of the team will uh, connect with you during the week and uh, sit down and chat and and begin that next step for you, help you here on that next step in your your journey with God. But we're going to receive our tithes and offerings, and as we do that, we're going to sing a final song. So why don't you stand together? Bless you as you faithfully give. May God bless you. And uh, thank you, Sarah.